I'm Aoki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. And this episode is especially amazing to me because this is the first time I'm sitting with an author who's written children's books. And let me tell you, these books are just, they're so amazing. It, like, you don't have to be a child to really, to really enjoy these. But I want you to say hi to author Deborah Shoemaker. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? Hi, Oki. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here today. This is going to be fun. I'm so glad that, that you carved out some time for me. I want to dive right in, but I want to make sure I say your current book correctly because your book titles are definitely tongue twisters, but they're, they're <laughs> like clever tongue twisters, though. Actually, instead of me trying, because I think I'm going to butcher it, can you please tell me the book that we're talking about? Sure. It's um, Peculiar Primates. Fun facts about these curious creatures. It's a fun book about primates. How did you even begin as an author for children's books? Like, what made you shift to that? Well, I'm really curious. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've been a reader. I mean, ever since I, I learned how to read when I was four. And I mean, I've just always had books, 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 books. Everything was books. And you know, I went to college and I was going to, you know, get a real job, but it was always my someday dream that someday I was going to write the great American novel sitting in right. some loft in Vermont, watching the snow fall among the trees. <laughs> but, you know, I live in Virginia, not Vermont. <laughs> I thought that someday I would write novels, but then right. we had kids and um, I ended up being a stay-at-home parent. I wanted my kids to love reading as much as I did. So we literally went to the library probably two or three days out of the week. And when they were really little and we would check out picture books and I just became in awe of picture books. Growing up, we we had lots of books in our house, but picture books that exist today didn't exist or I didn't have access to them when I was growing up. They're not dry. They're 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 just fascinating. The marriage between text and art. And I am not an artist, so I knew I would never do that part of a picture book. But I just decided one day reading with my kids that. I was going to be a picture book author. I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't know what I was doing. But I love that, I <laughs> decided to figure it out. And, you know, thankfully, I found SCBWI, which is the Society for Book Writers and Illustrators, and, or for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. So I joined that group, found a critique group. I went to conferences. This was right around 2009. So then there was information available on the internet. My first thing that I did is my husband joked with me because I kept telling one of our sons who was obsessed with fences and bridges and stoplights. That, <laughs> and that was that was when we were thick into Dr. Seuss. And I kept joking with him that someday I'd write him a book called Fences, Bridges, and Stoplights. And my husband went to a doctor's <laughs> appointment and came home with an ad. He literally ripped out of the magazine at the doctor's appointment and it said, do you want to write for children? Take this test. So um, oh. that was actually my first step of writing for children. I took some courses. This was a mail order course through the Institute of Children's Literature. But that led me to writing magazine articles for a few years. I never gave up my dream of writing picture books. In 2009 or 10, I wrote my first picture book. It was a rhyming picture book called The Garden Alphabet, and it never sold. Oh, man. What you learn in writing is that usually the first few things you write... <laughs> are never going to sell. <laughs> um, it took a long time 
a long, long, long time. Many, many drafts, many revisions of many, many different picture books before I finally found an agent in 2017. But then she didn't even sell the first book we went out on submission with. It was five books later that we finally sold a book. That is a journey for sure. It is a journey. And it is a journey that um, I was tempted to quit a lot because there's a lot of rejection (laughs) a lot of rejection. It really it's plays not. with your your emotions and your psyche yes. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. And you just have to grow the thick skin and realize they're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting that specific manuscript. And right. it is such a subjective industry. And, um, you know, one thing that you keep telling yourself is, well, this editor didn't love it, but maybe the next one will. Eventually, I had a book come out, uh, Freaky Funky Fish, which is the precursor, the first book with um, Running Press Kids, which is the publisher. Uh, that book came out in May of 2021. And then um, the companion, Peculiar Primates, just came out about a month ago. Actually, exactly a month ago. <laughs> Actually, congratulations on that. (laughs) I can't imagine having to edit down to become children's books because I feel like perhaps like an adult novel, you can kind of keep adding to it more and more. A novel from, let's say, 310 pages to 360 pages, you can kind of play around with that. I'm not saying that it's, it's easier or it's easy, but I can't imagine having to edit down uh, a child's book, especially when you have to get it age appropriate, I guess, because I was like, yeah. I was telling you, I have a two year old little niece and a four year old nephew. And, you know, I can't, I don't even know where you would narrow down to even to the ages. Can you tell me a little bit more about that process? Yeah, that is just knowing you, the industry and your craft and the age groups. Since my kids were one years old, we've been going to the library. Now my kids are now 19, 18, and 16. So all teenagers. But I still, <laughs> but I still check out probably 10, 10 to 15 picture books a week out of the library. So it's just reading, 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 reading book. And that just helps you understand the age level. And then plus my kids were little and I have, I'm from a big family. I have lots of nieces and nephews. I babysat when I was a teenager. I've always been around kids. So you can, you just kind of have an idea begin to learn, right. What's, okay. what works, what's, what's age appropriate or the the, the right, right age level, things like that. I like that you say that your books are actually for all ages. It's not necessarily just little children. I am a firm believer, and that's on my website, that picture books are for every reason, every season, and every age. I really think that everyone should be reading picture books. There's such a wide range of picture books and the nonfiction ones. You get so much information boiled down to their essence. I'm a fan of Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. And in fact, I'm watching right now the Tournament of Champions by James Holzhauer a few years back. He admitted on Jeopardy when he was on his huge run that he goes to the nonfiction section of the children's department because those books just boil things down to just the small amounts of facts. facts. Right. And the other thing that I love about nonfiction picture books, the history, the, the things written about historical events or people, there's a big push on giving credit to people in history who don't get credit in the history books that you learn when you're in grade school and high school. You know, they can only cover certain topics. So you just get a high level education. And a lot of women weren't being credited for things that they have done. So there are such phenomenal picture books about people in history, men and women who didn't get credit 
for what they did or just unknown chapters of history. And you just learn so much more. And then there's just so many funny fiction picture books, hilarious picture books that every adult will laugh at them too. Uh, Picture book writers know that a lot of most picture books are being read by a parent. So they're going to, they want to attract all audiences. And then there's just so many important social emotional learning picture books too, that I think, I think everyone should be reading picture books, regardless if you have kids in your house or not. (laughs) I absolutely agree. I wanted to say that when it comes to history, I love reading about it. I like talking about it, but I don't retain anything. You know, we can read a lot about this and that and give me a couple of days and I won't remember. And I actually, the best book that I have on mythology is a picture book because like you said, it boils down to the main parts that I will actually retain. And and we we definitely love, love that book. There's a few history picture books that we really like. And even the illustration alone was so attractive. And I really, really enjoy it. I think that's a very important point. I think a lot of people are also visual learners. Not everyone learns just by reading. And picture books are the marriage between text and art. And I think that a lot of people learn more because you're also seeing the history in the pictures. I definitely think everyone should be reading picture books. I'm going to repeat that over and over whenever your episode and it only comes takes out. 10 minutes, you know, if people right. say they don't have time to read, they don't have time to read history. Um, there's amazing adult nonfiction, but you know, then just pick out a picture book and right. you'll, 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 you'll learn something from it. <laughs> Absolutely. So with this particular one, we're talking about, about the primates, what made you start with that? Or even with your fish book, how did you yeah. narrow down to those sort of ones you want to start with first? Yeah, it all starts out with the fish book. I had been writing, actually, I'd been focusing so much time on writing historical picture books. And we were putting those out on submission and they just weren't clicking with editors. And so I just, you know, my agent encouraged me to just try something different. And I'm like, you're right. And I have always loved science. So I just checked out a whole lot of science related, nature related picture books out of the library and fell into some rhyming ones. And when I first started writing, I was writing in rhyme, but you know, again, those weren't selling, but I'm like, you know what? I really want to do a rhyming picture book. I want to do something completely different than what I've been doing. And I want to find some nature topic to write one on because why not? Why not challenge myself? And I remembered (laughs) a Disney trip that we had done in 2000 and 12, I think. We were in the aquarium part, the Finding Nemo part of Disney. And I realized that there are so many fish named after animals. And so I actually wrote a fiction picture book about fish who wanted to be different animals, but that one never sold. But I did a lot of research for it. And so then I remembered all the really weird fish that existed. So I wrote Freaky Funky Fish. And I wrote it quickly, which books... My historical books were taking like so long to write and we're talking 30 and 40 and 50 revisions. And I had Uh done about 12 revisions, 12 drafts and revisions of Freaky Funky Fish, sent it to my agent. She wanted me to change the ending, which I did. And then she put it out on submission. And within two months, we had an offer on it. And I'm like, wow, that I mean, (laughs) I wrote my first draft in May of 2019, did about three to four months of revisions with my critique groups and stuff like that. Got the offer in January of 2020. But it was the quickest time frame that ever (laughs) that I ever wrote anything in. When I sold that book, there was an option clause in the contract, basically. So I'm like, well, I might as well write a companion book to it, do another. So I actually wrote one on birds. (laughs) 
<laughs> and call and I called it bizarre birds. I mean, alliteration is fun. Kids love alliteration. Absolutely. So yeah. that's why freaky funky fish. So I did bizarre birds. And my editor liked it, but she shared it with the team. And the team at the time felt that there were too many picture books on birds. So they suggested, they said, if I was interested, they'd love to see one on either bears or primates. And I just felt like there wasn't enough variety in a bear species to make a, a <laughs> book out of it. So I'm like, right. well, primates, who doesn't love primates? They're adorable, really. So the idea came to my publisher to do Peculiar Primates. I mean, I came up with the title, but they suggested the topic. They dug into the research and did that one. Wow. I like hearing about this process. This is really fascinating to me. But the other part of this writing process is the illustration. Can you tell me how that came about? So in publishing, the in traditional publishing, the author does not have any say in the illustrator. Really? <laughs> so I, just, I had no yeah, idea. <laughs> I know. And for people who don't know the industry, and that was a surprise to me at first, too, you, you would think that the author finds an illustrator and then... Kind of click with them. Yeah. Yeah, that is not the way it works. So um, my agent subbed this book to editors and the um, to publishing houses. And once an editor buys, once they offer on it, then between them and the art director, then they are the ones who decide who they want to illustrate the book. And then they put off out to illustrators and so it's a whole process then we don't have any contact if I have if she has questions for me it goes through the art director and the editor to me or if I have questions for her and since it was a nonfiction book they definitely wanted me to fact check the illustrations which I'm not a primatologist I'm not an ichthyologist so as part of writing I, I find experts to vet my material so then I would have the expert also make sure that the illustrations are like in the fish book, she had put the, the stinger of the stingray, the wrong side of the body. It was, it's either supposed to be on the top or the bottom. I forget what, but you know, right. but the, il or the expert saw that, but I mean, Claire, they picked Claire Powell, the illustrator. She is so amazing. So amazing. But she does her own research too. And in fact, when I was reviewing peculiar primates, I was surprised that the gorilla had, like open hands, like cupped hands, but uh -huh. not fists pounding on the chest when I have the line, um, some primates thump their chest to show their might. And I thought, well, that was weird. So I, I Googled, you know, don't gorillas beat their chest with their fists? Because that's what you right. see in the movies. And they don't. They actually, I think it amplifies the noise if they do cupped hands. Ah, so she had done her own research. I'm like, ooh, I think that might be wrong. And it wasn't wrong. She had done her own research and she knew what she was doing. But yes, yeah, so there is really no partnership. It is you write the words and then you just hope that the publisher knows what they're doing. And they are, they do. <laughs> so then they hire the illustrator. And then the day you get the email with your first round of sketches and they're in black and white, they don't do color until they, you know, feel comfortable. But that is pretty amazing. It is when you get that email from your editor, like, ooh, here's the first run of sketches. It is just like, uh -huh. because you do, when you're writing, you have your own vision in your head. It's amazing. They're, they're professionals too. <laughs> so you just, you hope and pray. And and I'm sure that at times authors might not be 100% loving what illustrators do, but for the most part, they're professionals. And Claire has just, I was so glad when she did Freaky Funky Fish. And I was so glad that she was willing to do Peculiar Primates too, yeah. because it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been the same without the same illustrator. Right. Especially when it's kind of this, 
the follow-up. Right. I definitely have a newfound appreciation for you, for illustrators and all, because when it's a picture book, people sometimes perhaps think it's a simple thing because it's not, you know, it's not an 80,000 word book. So they just kind of, maybe they can be kind of dismissive, but the work and the headache that you've gone into doing all this, definitely a newfound appreciation. So thank you. It's it's amazing to hear Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I thought that I would be a novelist and now that I write picture books and they are challenging in their own way, shape and form, but I don't know if I could ever do a novel because (laughs) those are long. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, this picture book is only about 175 words and then the back matter adds another maybe 1400 words. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine writing 10,000 words, much less 80,000 words. I just, (laughs) what I love about writing picture books is because they're short, I can have multiple projects going on at a time. So if I'm just stuck or this week, a certain thing isn't working for me, it's not screaming out to me, work on me. Mm -hmm. um, As long as I don't have any deadlines, then I can just work on another project. I usually have like two or three projects kind of in different different phases in research, drafting and polishing and revisions and stuff like that. So that's what I love about picture books. I don't think most novelists have two or three novels going on at one time. I have no idea. I don't know. I can't fathom. <laughs> I'm just the one that gets to read all the books and gets to talk to you guys. The most I write is really whenever I text someone. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have another book called Tell Someone, which is totally different from The Fish and The Primate. So... Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yes, that book came out in actually a very different way. The editor actually, the publishing house, Albert Whitman, an editor approached my agent at the time. They said, we really want a book on open communication, probably called something like Tell Someone. Do you have any writers who might be interested in writing that, that, you know, that has the chops to do it? And so I had actually been writing a different book on different emotions. And so my agent said, I think you can do this. And at first I'm like, I've never written a book based on someone's request. I always like, like things born in my head. My gut reaction in new situations is no. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't say no to her, but I'm like, I think I have to think about that. And then as soon as we hung up on the phone, I remembered when I was at a conference, one writer who's very successful, he said, you never say no. You always say yes, and then you figure it out. So I heard that <laughs> echo in my head. And of course, I called her back and said, of course, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I just needed a few minutes to get to yes. So that book, and there was no guarantee that they were going to buy it. You know, they wanted me to write it. So I right. wrote about three versions, and I gave them to my agent. She kind of narrowed it down to two, and then she sent both versions to the editor and then she's like, yeah, we kind of like the combination of both of them. So I had to, you know, do a couple different rounds and then they, they, they loved it. And then they found the illustrator. And so that's where that book came about. But it's a very different style than Peculiar Primates and Freaky Funky Fish. Were you going to do more of that style similar to Tell Someone? Yes. Are you I, wanting to dab into that again? Yeah, I, I think that the world is not pretty and lovely all the time. And I think giving kids different avenues to identify emotions and express their emotions, I think it's very important. Yes, I've got a couple of others that I'm working on. I don't know if they'll go anywhere, but I try to tap into just things that 
I remember from childhood that I probably would have loved to see something written about it. So um, I just try to tap into just different things that happen. Or as an adult, when I'm dealing with some tough emotions, I'm like, okay, if my kids were dealing with that, how would I want them to navigate this emotion? So it's not my strength, I don't think, but then sometimes I'm just kind of, that's what I want to do. So as I said, I always have different projects going on. Um, We'll see if if we get another one out there. So now that you publish Primates, is there another one in the works? Because I'm hoping. (laughs) Well, I wrote Bizarre Birds. So that one's still sitting out there. And then I did write another one. I did write one about reptiles, which the editor and the team, they really did enjoy it a lot. Publishing is a business, so they want to make money. So basically, you know, Freaky Funky Fish came out during a pandemic. So... The numbers, the numbers, the numbers. So hopefully if Peculiar Primates and Freaky Funky Fish do well, they would absolutely love to do another one. Buy my book. (laughs) So with that, where can we get your book, Deborah? Any independent bookstore can always get these books. Um, You can go to my website. Uh, If anyone wants a signed book, um, I am happy to go to my local independent bookstore on the order form. If you order it from Scrawl Books in Western Virginia, they mail anywhere. If you buy more than $20 worth, I think that it's free shipping and maybe it's $30. So if you buy two books, shipping would be free, but there's a place in the order comment. So if anyone wants a signed copy, then if they order it from my independent bookstore, then I'll just go there one day and sign the books and then they'll, they'll ship them out. But um, anywhere books are sold, but I do have a website. It's www.debrahdebrashoemaker.com. And there's links to where the books can be purchased on my website as well. This is so cool, Deborah. Like <laughs> just hearing the process, but just hearing your passion about it. It's really, really amazing to me. Do you have any last words that you'd like to say about anything? Um, <laughs> or just being an author? <laughs> yeah, I, being an author, it, it, I am older than 50. And I will say that I, I'm glad that you hear my passion. I've had several different careers in my life um, before we had kids. I liked what I did, but this is probably where I find my most passion. I am definitely feeling like I'm living my best life right now, just having this privilege of writing books for kids. It's a frustrating industry sometimes because (laughs) publishing is very slow and um, it is very, very hard to get books published. It's just a blast. But you're doing it. It's amazing. You're actually succeeding in it, which is amazing. Yeah, it's been a journey. (laughs) And I do have another book that is coming out and not for two more years. It's a nonfiction book, but it's not about animals. It's about wind. And it's called Wind Is. And it's just, I explain it as my lyrical ode to the wind. I love weather. I love the changes of weather. I love the changes of seasons. And I thought wind would be an interesting thing to write about. I have no idea how the illustrator is going to illustrate it, (laughs) but I compare different types of wind, breezes and gales and hurricanes and tornadoes. I use them as metaphors. And so I'm using metaphors to describe wind. So I'm assuming that's how the illustrator is going to draw wind, even though I still don't know how she'll do it. But that one is coming out in fall of 2024. So um, that's my next book. You have found something such as wind where... It is fascinating, but you even made it even cooler. It just seems like something that's kind of in passing. People don't think about it as much unless it's like crazy wind or something. Unless it's just nuts. But you've you've just made it interesting already just by talking about it. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yes, I, Um, I hope that kids will love it. 
It's a different book. I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm very eager to get that email from my editor someday. Here's the first pass at the sketches. What do you think? Uh, because like I said, I really have no idea how she is going to illustrate wind. <laughs> well, I'm definitely really want to see it when that comes about. So like many of the authors that I've talked to, I'm definitely going to rope you back in, you know, when you get that book going or even before that, if you have something else in between, because it's truly an honor for me to be sitting here talking to you about this stuff. I love when I hear people talk about their passion and just the fact that with, you know, writing a, a children's books, it's just it's harder to me. I don't know, of course, but it just seems so, so different. So crazy. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for talking to me today. This is so cool. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. I am so happy to talk about writing and children's books. And remember, everyone <laughs> should be reading picture books, even if you don't have kids in your house. <laughs> go to the library and read some. You'll be amazed. <laughs> yeah, you're like shouting on top of the mountains for that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. So. All right. But thank you. I'm going to let you go. You have a okay. wonderful day and all her stuff will be in our show notes. So you guys definitely please check it out, especially it's Christmas time area. But thank you again, Deborah. I'll talk to you next thank time. Thank you. Thank bye. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. All the other information from this episode will be in the show notes. Please support indie authors as well as indie bookstores. And of course, the other podcasts, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where me and Caddy talk about all things books and, well, her cats too. See you then. Bye. Bye.